This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Anxiety is insidious because it fools you into believing that there is something wrong with you mentally or emotionally, and that is what causes the problem. Think of something that is insidious as having the ability to hide either what is causing your problem or something that is necessary for you to understand it. This is exactly what happens when the anxiety takes over your life. That insidious part of this infuriating internal nemesis is that, even though you can feel it ravaging your body, you misinterpret its driving force as something that is created in your brain. It is so important to monitor what the rest of your body is doing, to fully understand both the cause of this condition and the route you must take to return to health and peace. Faust. Valeria interviews Faust Ruggiero. He is the author of the Fix Yourself Handbook, using the process way of life to transform your life into a happy, healthy journey. And the Fix Your Anxiety Handbook, bringing you out of the darkness and into a brilliant new world. Faust Ruggiero is a published research author, clinical trainer, and a therapist who has worked in settings that have included clinics for deaf children, prisons, nursing homes, substance abuse centers, inpatient facilities, and major corporations, both national and international. He is the president of the Community Psychological Center in Bangor, Pennsylvania. He was part of a team that developed the counseling program for drunk drivers that became the prototype for the state of Pennsylvania and is still being used in many other states. He continues to provide counseling services for individuals, couples, families, veterans, first responders, law enforcement, and other emergency personnel. He has taught at the college level and is published in several research journals. He has been in private practice at the Community Psychological Center in Bangor, Pennsylvania for more than 30 years, specializing in individual, family, substance abuse, women's issues, and marital couples counseling. During that time, he developed the process way of life and has used it with over 2,000 of his clients, helping them to realize and unleash the power they have inside themselves. With the process way of life being so successful as a counseling program, Mr. Ruggiero decided to develop the process-based journey into a written text. The approach underwent several years of research and program design so that it could effectively be communicated in written form. The goal is to help people understand how to present their problems in a way that helps them understand them. His program then provides people with the exact steps to fix those problems. The Process Way of Life is presented in the Fix Yourself Handbook, published in 2019. The book has received literary awards from Literary Titan, the Nonfiction's Writers Association, and Indie Reader. Mr. Ruggiero has appeared on television, radio shows, and podcasts, nationally and internationally, to discuss the process of life presented in the Fix Yourself Handbook. His radio show, Fix It with Faust, debuted in June 2021 
and the Fix Yourself Anxiety Handbook and second installment of the Fix Yourself Empowerment Series. Meet Faust at faustruggiero.com. Here's the interview with Faust Ruggiero. In your own words, who is Faust Rogerio? Huh. You know, I get asked that a lot, um, you know, and uh, for me, uh, you know, I found my purpose in life very early, and it's just to be in service of people. That's what makes me go. Uh, it doesn't matter what I'm doing or even if I plan something that's fun for me. Uh, it's always about uh, being in service of other people. So when people say, who are you? I'm that person. I'm the person that's I was born to be in service of people, and at this stage of my life, I still am. Wow. And how did you discover that, uh, Faust? You know, sometimes you pick things. You know, you say, well, I'm, gonna, I'm going to be this person. Or I want to uh, you know, study that in college. For me, I think it pretty well picked me. You know, uh, I think spiritually, that's what I was meant to do since I was a child. I was that kid that everyone came to and talked to. I find people fascinating. Um, watching people evolve and uh, and 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 uh, work with themselves and all that, I still like doing that. So it really captivated me. I was always that's the thing in life that captivated me the most: just uh, listening to people and hearing their stories and you know, kind of what makes them go. That's very, very. It's intriguing to me, and it still is. So it never changed. That's um, an interesting um, perspective because. I think for some of us, it changes, like it changes perhaps the way you express that purpose. So uh, for some of us, like for me, it has changed a lot, but it's still the same. The core, the essence, it's still to do something that I love, that I'm very much engaged, but also that can help not just myself, but others. So right. the connectedness. So, and you mentioned spiritual. What is your idea of spirituality these days? Did that change <laughs> over time? That, uh, that always changed. Uh, you know, I think, I, I think we grow. I think that's, you, know, you mentioned that's the essence. That's who we are. So, you know, a lot of people think that has to stay the same, but I think that uh, consistently interacts with the world with who we are it has it has to transition with us uh the core of it stays pretty much the same i'm a person of faith but um spirituality for me is going much more inside uh than than it used to be so much of it as we're as we're you know we're children we're we're taught that so much of it that it comes from the outside and now i understand that it's way inside me and it's it's my purpose to define it in myself uh to understand it and then to bring it, you know, to open it up and, and, and let the, the world embrace it. So, you know, when I talk spirit, I'm, I'm going from the inside. Yes, that's how I understand it, too. In the beginning, I remember thinking, well, because I was brought up with religion. So it right. was Catholic religion. So it's all uh, God is out there and I was here. <laughs> but then it changed. Right. And what a, a beautiful transition. It's one that I still see. Lots of people around me, my family members, they're still engaging with spirituality in that way, that God's out there and they're here. So they're always asking for help, praying. It seems to me like it's all one message. We're all trying to do one thing, one thing only, which is to return to love, unconditional love. Is that the same perspective you have, Post religion? It very much is. You know, in my first book, uh, the Fix Yourself Handbook, 
that, that's one that's general, many, many topics. And uh, but it's a it's a journey. And I wanted to bring people to what I called pure love. For me, that is love that comes from the spirit. Um, and that, that's that's sometimes difficult for people to understand. But it, nothing can be unconditional in our world uh, unless mm. it comes from the spirit comes from that spiritual love. And that's why I talk so much about it being inside us. Um, so, uh, yeah. So when I talk about pure love, love that is unconditional, then it's love from the spirit. And that's why it's so important to define that. Yes, beautifully said. I love that message. So pure love, unconditional love coming from the spirit. So as for the conditioned body, mind, does it become a practice? Is that what this is, the human experience, a practice of unconditional love? Yeah, you know, and I think to get there, we have to really work with the concept of internal balance. You know, I, I always tell people, I've been saying it for decades, and I and that's one message that hasn't changed. Um, doesn't matter. I call it internal balance. Buddhists may call it nirvana, call it what you will. But it's, you know, I look at four attributes, the physical, the intellectual, the emotional, and the spiritual. And I think that peace, internal peace comes when we can be balanced in those, in those items, in those attributes. Uh, and it's not horribly difficult to do. We just have to learn that, uh, th th we have to give the energy to each of those things the right way. And, and that's what I teach. And I like to be actionable about what I do. I hear too many people saying, well, we should do this and here's the nice things and let's get to this. But I like to be, I like to, and you saw it in the book, I like to provide those action steps that say, do it this way. Yeah. And if you continue to do it that way, you'll get there. Yes, you're very good at it. <laughs> From your book, I saw that. It's the work of a teacher, really. And, and now I see much more, a bit deeper. That's, um, it feels like I'm talking to a spiritual teacher, really. So now it makes sense to me. I want to thank you for that, for being open to life, to existence itself. Well, thank you. I mean, and you're right. It is, it's all about teaching. I think that it's wonderful to, to uh, feel good about yourself and have all those gifts. But if you, the only, in, in my way of thinking, none of that means anything until we turn that loose and we give that to the next person and the people uh, who are in need. That's what being in service is. It's, it's taking what you, what the gains you're making and then let, giving those to other people. And that's what keeps this whole thing flowing. You know, we're, we're still evolving. You and I are talking today, but hundred years from now, people are still around and they're doing this. They should, we, we're hoping they're going to be far more advanced than we are. What comes to mind is this idea of um, goal and evolution, growth. Do you have a vision for that um, destination per se? I know it's not a destination, but where we are trying to get with all this after every, everything's said and done. Well, that's, and that's why, you know, it, it is the question. Uh, it's what I talk about when I, when I say internal balance. It's about getting to the point that all the worldly pressures are so minimized um, that uh, we, we, feel, we feel that sense of peace. And, you know, and, and I, I, I try to make it operational, people. I'll, I'll say something like, think about a day when you felt the best you've ever felt in your life. You will notice that physically everything seemed calm and relaxed and your body felt like it was operating well. Uh, emotionally, you weren't, you weren't overreacting to everything. Things weren't bothering you for no particular reason. Intellectually, there was all that conflict that you always experienced. There was clarity of thought and you can organize things. And spiritually, you can feel connected. Those are the days that are the best. And in my mind, that's where we're trying to go. I don't think it's a destination because I don't think you, we ever 
completely arrive there, mm-hmm. but we do get to a point that we understand it and can incorporate it in our lives, then it itself is going to be part of our evolution and part of our own personal development. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. It resonates true to me. Right. The sense of clarity, of peace that we can bring to the conditioned body-mind more often. Yeah, I was just, as you were speaking about the day, and then I was kind of visualizing a day that I felt peaceful. That happens more often than not these days. But I still get, once in a while, the, um, let's say, women with the period every month and Mm -hmm. all that, that changes everything. And I'm thinking, what happened just here? And I know I have talked to some other uh, mentors and uh, females, and then they, spiritual females, they would say that uh, I need more work on the chakras or more clarity and all that. But I don't know how much can we really manipulate uh, reality when it comes to the conditions of body-mind. And that's a wonderful question. And I think there is an answer. I think what happens, we don't like to be uncomfortable. And, uh, but we don't understand that movement from comfortable to uncomfortable as a gift because all that's happening mm. there is growth. Mm. Uh, or, or yeah. it may, and the growth may be simply in the fact that we ourselves have to be able to say, all right, I'm uncomfortable today. I know myself well enough. This is going to pass. I have to stop resisting it. I have to stop saying to myself, why me? I have to stop saying, uh, you know, I shouldn't have to go through all of this. I simply have to move with move with the river, if you will, move with the flow. And and if I do that, I'm what I'm doing is I'm not taking energy that I can put into positive things and now applying it to some to fight something that is going to end on its own anyway. We're, We're supposed to have bad days. If we had good days all the time, we would be complacent and growth would be minimized. Yes. Uh, I hear wisdom there, Faust. Yeah. I mean, because that's what what life implies, change. That's what I see to life and death. I mean, death is just another change Mm -hmm. within life. So that makes a lot of sense. This practice of not just becoming the observer of reality, of what is changing, but also moving with it. We had, well, consciousness cannot move. It doesn't seem like it ever moves. It just watches. But there's some, I, I feel the engagement. So it's um, in a way, so to be that pure love that you spoke earlier during this conversation is, is really becoming a human, becoming more human, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, and, and when you talk about resisting the bad days, the moment we attempt to resist it, we have now disengaged from it. Yes. And right. that, so now, True. whatever that day had mm. to offer, we either don't get or we get minimal value. And, uh, but if we, if we go with it, and I'm not just saying surrender to it, I'm just saying acquiesce a bit, just slow down, look at it and say, okay, I know I'm coming through this. Let's see what it has to offer. Now I'm engaged. Now, now I actually have that much more control over my day because I'm an active player in it and I'm not resisting. But once I resist and say, I don't want this and I'm not going to engage in that horrible thing I don't want. Well, now I, what I said is I'm taking my ball and going home, so to speak. <laughs> right. I'm no longer in the game. Right. So whatever was happening, <laughs> I missed it. 
Yes. So it's participating in life, not sure. trying to avoid or escape it. And that's what we see of, I have done, of course, a lot and still do some things. I, I resist some things, but then I catch myself faster than before. And hopefully that gap will become smaller and smaller <laughs> where there's, it doesn't take a lot of time. You know what? Even if the gap doesn't close or get smaller, yeah. we're better at, at participating in it. That's and, and that's what really closes the gap. The gap doesn't close because we learn a lot of things that we still have to apply them. But if we stop fearing the gap, then we can get in there. Then we're in it and we're manipulating some of it. So if the gap is 2% of our life that day and we can get in and make it 1% or 1.5%, one I think we did well, not because of the amount we're changing, just for the very fact that we thought that much of ourselves to get in and stay involved. It, that's such a wonderful practice because um, it's the growth, it's constant growth, which it's a lot more, in a way, exciting. And uh, from my perspective, it's interesting, fascinating, because I can't really see just being here and just kind of not really participating, even with my emotions. Um, I know we all want a freedom from emotions, but it's interesting to see that freedom really comes when we let them pass, just come and go. That's, to me, what freedom really means. But let me change, well, within the subject, I want to ask you an open question about mental health. Uh, how do you define mental health? And then what are some of the misconceptions we have about it? You know, it's a good question. People often will talk mental health. And and today we are so concerned with our mental health. We hear young people talking about my mental health. And I say, <laughs> I ask them that question and they just look at me. Um, <laughs> Mental health, it, 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 that's, again, part of that of those four attributes. And, and the problem is, men, is that we don't understand that mental health is, part of, is, one, is one quarter of this whole thing we talk about in our lives. Again, it's physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. When we can do that, when we can get those operating, be, or at least beginning to operate in balance, that is healthy mental. That's mental health. Uh, as, as I look at it. But what happens is we now have so much emphasis on what might be and, uh, and, and we focus on everything that isn't so good that mental health today has been de defined as something that needs attention, that uh, has to be fixed. Mental health is, ju is what, just what we talked about. It's balance. We, we are physical entities. How can you have... Uh, let me back up. We talk, most people talk about mental health as emotional and intellectual. That's really what they talk about. They forget that the spiritual comes into play and they forget that all this is housed in a physical body. We've got to take care of everything. And it's not that hard. It really isn't. Uh, you know, it's it, to eat right, sleep right, and not do put things in your body and do things uh, that are going to hurt you. To learn how to express your emotions after you've gathered the facts and and uh, express them over healthy factual information to connect with your spirit. That, that's probably the most in-depth one, but certainly is something that we can do. The key to it is we have to stick with it. So that's a beautiful message. And I'm one that I very much not believe in. It's not a belief system. It's from experience that... Uh, 
the wholeness of life, of what we are. So it's not just one thing, but everything, all the parts coming together that really resonated. The only, from my experience with um, bringing all parts together or trying to keep them in balance, it was trauma. I experienced a lot of trauma in childhood. So uh, for most of my life, I, I didn't know what common sense was. So it sounds very much now, it's of course, of course it makes sense, but it, it didn't before. If I heard that from you probably 20 years ago, it wouldn't, I would not know what to do with the information because the mind was kind of programmed to focus on one area only. At some point it was the um, emotional focusing too much on trauma and all the sadness and they became depressed and then the physical side, trying to go that way, getting myself as healthy as I could in order to, let's say, cope with the emotional issues. So when it comes to trauma, how do you see that idea of balance? Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Trauma is one of those things, depending on the severity of the trauma, that can throw the entire system. uh, Yes, right. uh, Because... um, it hits the nervous system, which affects the body and the emotions. When that happens, then clarity of thought goes. And then we have a tendency to focus on the trauma and the pain. So we disconnect spiritually. Uh, so, you know, what, the simple thing I tell people with trauma is let's let's start talking about it and getting you through the initial stages of this, which is how let's look at what it's done to your body. Let, let's talk about your emotions, how you feel about it, how you, what you think about it. I'm getting people to talk about that. My goal with trauma is to put it into some type of a, a coherent picture, something that where the person isn't just focusing on the pain because trauma, the, the very fact that it's trauma says it's kind of, uh, it, it's like a bomb goes off inside you. Yes. And, and so we have to put the pieces back together. And the only way you can do that is to define the pieces. So the, the, the most important uh, way to deal with trauma is to talk, to get help that, 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 and start talking about it and not keep it inside. That's a beautiful advice and suggestion. Yes. And that's something that I didn't do. I think I did with friends. But now if I would go back, I would do that with a professional, somebody like yourself or a therapist, a coach. Nah, friends only. Friends are a nice support system. And I always tell people have that network, that support, but they are not, most of the time, they are not people that are going to be able to deal with the entire picture. And they often bring, they're often advising you based upon their own experiences. And so that's, that's where they can go back and bring that information forward. But those experiences are not yours. They can let you see that, hey, Gee, we're all we're all very much alike, and we we experience many of the same things and react and feel the same way. However, getting someone to say, "Okay, now let's back up a little bit and let's put all the facts together and let's let's do that first, so you know what you're reacting to, you know what this trauma did to you, and we all had them, and we're all going to get more. Unfortunately, that's just part of being alive. Um, but it, it's learning what to do and and, and trying and trying to learn to do it quickly. Um, Trauma backs us up and we go into our little cocoon for a while, uh, you know, uh, what, and, we, and we may need a day or two or a week, but then we need to come out of that, that cocoon and start talking and start putting together a plan that this is what I'm going to do to start dealing with this. We need to make that a little bit more actionable. 
So becoming more self-aware, that's very, very important. Self-knowledge, mm -hmm. I agree, as a practice, even to learn to recognize. As you said, we always, we're living life. Life is just happening. So trauma could happen again, even in small bits, small amounts, if you can call it that way. I'm not sure if you can say um, amounts for trauma, but the intensity, that I know. So I love the idea of becoming more self-aware. So we know when that movement happens uh, mentally. I love the way you write. It's the, the teaching way. It's very open. It's um, detailed. It's simple in a way, but it's very rich. So that's how I know how much you're trying to help others to heal themselves and to live healthier lives. So I want to thank you for that again, before even I mentioned the book. So you have written two books, I believe, and hopefully I have the right information. The first one, the Fix Yourself Handbook, and uh, the new one is the Fix Your, Your Anxiety Handbook. And this one will be published mid-March, uh, beginning of April, as we talked off record. So what was the main intention or what is one message you wish everyone to take with them from your new book the fix your anxiety handbook well you know the the and it's a wonderful question um anytime i write my uh my goal if you will is to have people understand that they are worth the time it takes to change everything need is already inside us. That's the key message. Uh, we just have to learn how to access those those strengths and then learn how to use them. Um, whether it's anxiety you're dealing with or it's trauma or it's um, uh, anything, anger, fears, insecurities, whatever, there's always ways to deal with them. And we, you know, we, we are people who were put on this earth living on a planet that has provided everything for us for forever. And do you think that whether you lead an evolutionary creator or whatever you want to say that that we don't have those things, we would not have existed this long. What happened is we stopped using them. Technology came into into play. All the things that we used to have to do to survive, we didn't have to do anymore. So we got away from who we are, that essence. We got away and we started dealing with the outside world, not just in terms of religion, but in terms of everything we do, society, how we feel about ourselves, what we eat, everything we do is based on what we see out there. And I want people to understand that it's already inside you. You just have to go in and learn how to access that and make the, make the, what you have your strengths. Then you can deal with any situation that comes up. It's about being strong inside. It's wonderful to have guides like yourself, like, as you mentioned about trauma. It's, it really helps to guide us within that inner world, explore the inner world. But all the information, everything is already there. I agree. Beautiful message. So I also want to mention the subtitle of the book. So the Fix Your Anxiety Handbook, bringing you out of the darkness and into the brilliant new world. That feels really good to read the last part, the brilliant new world, without pushing away the darkness. So I also want to mention that you are the president of the Community Psychological Center, and you also have developed the process way of life counseling program that is discussed within those two books. 
and the Fix Yourself and Fix Your Anxiety Handbook. Yeah, I want to also mention the radio show, Fix It with Faust. That's the radio show you host. What is um, the best way to contact? Are you open to new clients? What would be the best way to uh, yeah, be in touch? Anyone who, and thanks for asking that, anyone who uh, is interested in either what I'm doing, the way I teach the books, whatever it may be, can go to my website. Uh, it's just my name. FosterGerald.com. Everything is there. Um, I, I do take clients on. Um, uh, there is a link, a contact link, which has all that information. Uh, and some people just have general questions. And by all means, if anyone has a question, uh, send me an email. The link is there and I'll be glad to respond. Wonderful. I have the, the website link I'll have on your podcast profile in a clickable way. So going back to the topic of anxiety in the book, you say anxiety is insidious because it fools you into believing that there is something wrong with you mentally or emotionally. And that is what causes the problem. Yeah, that's a completely different way of seeing anxiety. So I would love to hear how did you come to this conclusion in a way? You know, that really comes out of counseling. You know, we all have anxiety. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm still not far into it, um, but, you know, people will come in and say, I'm going crazy. Uh, you know, that this, there's something wrong with me. And the thing that bothers me the most is when they believe that this has now become who they are. And, and, I, and, and that's one of the huge points of the books. This anxiety is not who you are. It's what you have. It's not you are not crazy. Your, the pace of your life has accelerated. Your body is accelerated. Everything's going very fast. Your emotions are going fast. Your intellect has been compromised and, and you're having a hard time uh, uh, discerning what, what, what's real and what isn't and what's important and what's not. Uh, you know, spiritually, again, when there's a disconnect, you have problems. So I, I just want people to understand that uh, it is not who you are. It's a condition you have. You are not crazy um, by any means. Anxiety does not make you crazy. It makes you feel as though you are and then you begin to doubt yourself, and then you think that's your, you know, the, the definition of who you are, but it is not. And once I get people to understand that, the, you know, everything changes. That's why I wrote the book. I call it The Anxiety Demon. I, we, I wrote it so that there's like a, a demon inside you. You're not fighting yourself. You're fighting a condition you have. So, so let's stop fighting ourselves and, and uh, beating ourselves up. And anxiety does enough of that. Let's start understanding that it's only condition and every condition can be beaten. So I see that, that we often say attach, we attach ourselves to everything as if we become something else. So we never become anything else, but it's easy to do that, isn't it? I am this, I am that, I have this, the, the I. That's mm -hmm. such an interesting dynamic. Yeah, you just mentioned the word crazy. How do you define that? If there is such a thing as being crazy, what would that be? Well, I think that th those are those real serious diagnoses, you know, the uh, schizophrenia and the sociopath and the psychopath, those kind of things. The, the key to that is to be completely out of touch with reality, to not be able to feel what other people feel, those kinds of things. Um, you know, and, and that's a very, very small part of the population. People suffering from anxiety and depression and bipolar disease, uh, those types of things. That's not crazy. That's that's those are conditions that that can be addressed. 
Yes, um, thank you for the clarification. So in that, in those cases, I I noticed with um, psychopathy. So that cannot be, from what I see, cannot be treated, right, Faust? And I remember interviewing somebody about that, and a psychiatrist, and I asked that we were talking about spirituality within the context of um, the mind not being available to help uh, the individual. Do you ever wonder why this happens, where human beings are born this way, with those um, there's this connection with reality, with their own spirit, and they can't go back within this lifetime? Yeah, and we see some of that. Um, uh, it's just, again a small part of the population, but there, you know, unfortunately, there are going to be some people that we don't know how to treat. And I say it that way because um, many, you know, a hundred years ago. We didn't know how to treat anxiety. We, we thought it was what you know, crazy and those sorts of things. So we're not at a point yet where we have evolved within uh, the profession, within the, uh, uh, the, the, the in-service parts of, of treating people. We haven't gotten there till we know how to do those things. Uh, what will happen with that part of the population is I think that as we move further into genetic manipulation, as we start those kinds of things, we'll be able to uh, to deal with that. Where we'll we'll be able to administer genetic therapies, and uh, uh, that will treat those that are already here with those situations. And and we may be even able to to uh, move forward genetically and and take that right out of the uh, the population. That's you know people think it's a hundred years away. It's probably more like we're going to see that beginning in twenty years or so. We'll start to see all that happening. Genetics is moving very quickly. That sounds really good to me. I never heard about, about that, but wow, that sounds amazing. If we can change that. Is that something that's within the brain, would you say, psychopathy and sociopaths, or would be the, the entire body is actually changing at the level of DNA, right? Yeah, that, and that's oh, what you're everything. talking about. The level right. of DNA is what, what's going to change. And when we do that, because uh, you know that does run through the body, then you're going to see changes that initially uh, present... Uh, psychologically in the brain all those issues will begin to uh to work those themselves out a bit uh but but physically we'll see you know healthier people people that are able to uh pay more attention to being healthy on all different levels that sounds really good to me as a vision uh scientific vision and spiritual one of course everything's connected so speaking of that the physical how the body affects everything you say in the book anxiety must be treated as a physical condition first so talk to me about that. Yeah, you know, the reason I say that is if I sit down and you come to me and say, I've got anxiety and my God, I can't make decisions and emotionally I'm reacting. And if I try to work with your decision making and your emotions before I help you learn how to slow your body down, you know, get to the point where you're not experiencing physical trauma, where you're not. Uh, having anxiety attacks where your body doesn't accelerate and go, you know, from zero to 60 in a, in a few seconds. If I don't teach you that first, that will always continue to come back and it will always affect the way you think and the way you feel emotionally. So before, and that's, that's the problem that I think a lot of therapists uh, run into is that the person comes in and they're, they're trying to uh, accommodate the person who wants everything done very quickly. And they're trying to say, well, do this. When your emotions get there, do this, and nothing works. And then they go to the doctor who does what? Gives the medicine, which is treating what? The physical. So we, 
the medical model always did that. It went physical, but the problem is they never followed anything up. So we have people dependent on medicine with no growth or little growth. So the key is to teach people how to deal with their bodies. And, and it's back to basics, exercise, proper diet, proper sleep. Don't put things in your body that don't belong there. And then we can teach them things like meditation. Maybe they, they'll take a yoga class or two and see how that works. Breathing exercises, you know, all those kinds of things. So I want them to take care of their body first. I had a woman that came in last week and um, anxiety, just terrible at panic attacks. And I went through her diet and there was one energy drink and four cups of coffee every day. Well, I said, well, I don't know about, I don't know how you're on. If that's me, I have one cup of coffee in the morning because I, I don't do any accelerants. If I did a cup of coffee in the morning, I won't sleep at night. Um, you know, because, because, you know, I, I, I rely on everything that's natural in me. But, but I, I said, well, let's get those out of there little by little. Let's take two weeks and move that out of the picture. Let's start there. Maybe you can have one cup in the morning. Let's get to all those crazy things you're eating every day. Right. Get, let's maybe put some exercise where you're going to burn up energy in a productive way and make your body healthier, right. those kinds of things. And when my people do this you know, and they run the program like I want them to run it, nobody has anxiety when they're done. Right. Yeah, I can you know, see that. Get those days, like you said, I had a day here, but gee, I said, if, yeah. if in a year you had 365 anxiety written days and now you're down to 20. Right. Yeah, it's a pretty good trade off. Very much. Yeah. Well, I love all that, though. It makes so much sense. And caffeine, that's something that I had to, um, because I had anxiety before, I had to remove altogether and then made a huge difference. So no caffeine at all. So some people might be more sensitive than others, right, Faust? Because my husband, he drinks a lot of caffeine. He's, yeah, I don't think he has anxiety, but he's probably prone a lot more than I am. Well, well you're going to, for some people, it doesn't have much effect, but... Uh... Uh, for, for most of the population, it's going to do something. And, and, and there are times people come in and they have anxiety and we take the, the coffee out and it doesn't change that much. So we know, at least we know it wasn't the coffee. So we're, we're, we're going to do all those things. You know, we have to be thorough. That's the key to be thorough and, uh, and go through everything. So we start physically first. The body is the chassis, if you will, that carries us through life. So we start and another thing we're doing, we're, fo we're following things like, you know, Maslow's uh, hierarchy. Everything is physical first. It, we go primal, and and when I treat them, I go, you know, just like just like those hierarchies. I'll go physical. I'll go emotional next. That's our our, our kind of our our mediator between the primal and the intellect. So I'll go there, and I want to smooth that out a little bit. Then I'm going to get into the thinking, and and start rearranging, uh, the, uh, helping them, I should say, rearrange how they look at life and and what their priorities are and how they make decisions and those types of things, then we'll get to the spiritual. There's just too many people doing it backwards, I think. Yeah, that's a, an interesting idea. Yeah, Because for me, it has been everything together. I cannot separate them. So it's almost like being formed by the spirit, how to eat and what to eat. There's a, I do meditation and I, I eat intuitively. So I'm always like asking questions. And then when I have the... The answer, then I, I take action. Well, and, and that's the nice part of this, Valeria. When you get to the point that your spiritual, the spiritual part of you is controlling more of what you do, now you've gotten to, you, you've evolved through that, that balance process I'm talking because now 
the spiritual, which should be the one that guides everything, yes, yeah. has has been given the opportunity to get there. We're not relying on physical like we used to. We're not getting. We're not doing quick fixes. We're not uh, overreacting to things. We're doing all things. Get when, when things become balanced, the spiritual, the, uh, the higher order processes is what really what it is. They take over. Right. They, have, they have the most power anyway, but. We have to we have to kind of plug them in, if you will. We have to we have to assign power to them. That is so true. Yes, I see that happening as a trust base kind of a movement. The conditioned body mind trusting the spirit, the soul. I'm just using names, but right. I don't think we can name it even. So yeah, it's definitely that's exactly. Yeah, I love the way you say so beautifully and clearly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The higher order power uh, process is is where, is where our power is. That that's where everything that that can control everything. But again, we have a tendency to keep it unplugged. And some people, when it comes to spiritual, many people will unplug it permanently altogether because they want no part of spiritual. They they are associating that with religion and God and all those things, and it's a quick turnoff. So they decide they're not going there. So what you've done is taken a huge part of who you are and say, I will not deal with that. And then so what you're left with really is your intellect, which is going to be your superpower. Um, but it, but it doesn't have the guidance and the connection to who you are. So it, you're going to make decisions that that are going to be void of, of, of that of that part of the power. So we're almost at the end. And I want to mention that in your book, all chapters, it's it's very easy, very detailed and easy to navigate and to read and to understand from the get-go. And you have something called the uh, processes to employ. And then I noticed that I believe you always say the first five items, I believe yes. they're all the same. Brutal honesty, I over E. That, yeah, I would love to, to clarify in a moment. So I over E, then present, understand, fix, and then slowing down life's pace, and then internal focus. And then you, of course, according to the th theme for each chapter, it changes and include self-love, balance, so many other aspects. But what is the I over E? That is intellect over emotion. Ah. Uh, and it does not mean that we cannot be emotional people. We are. It just says that whenever something occurs, let's take a step back and not react. If you notice in this country, in fact, throughout the world, everyone is reacting very, very quickly and, and strong, uh, strong reactions. And what I just ask people to do is before you decide how you feel about it and, um, and, and react emotionally, Let's take a step back, think about what's going on, get your conscious mind into it and say, let me get all the facts about this. Let me think about what's going on first. Then I take a step back and I say, how do I want to deal with this? How do I feel about it now based on the facts? Yeah. That's a healthier way to emote in my mind. Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, I would say, of course, like immediately, but I do recognize that not so many of us are there yet. Not yet. <laughs> That's uh, another beautiful vision to have. Uh, we can all come to that place, so that this evolution kind of destination without a destination. <laughs> so I want to mention the other chapters that caught my attention. Chapter 14, redefining the mind-body connection. Then you have uh, 15. This really caught my attention. Living in the moment, understanding the importance of the here and now. And then you have 
also 16 uh, people, places and things, positive energy growth and, and life redefined. And as I mentioned before we started the interview recording, the final chapter, I believe, is the chapter 21, Good Housekeeping <laughs> Revisited, Staying Strong in the Challenging World. So that caught my attention, the, the message there about the maintenance work in a way. <laughs> you say, say goodbye to the anxiety demon, but always remember it is up to you to keep it away. So that is a powerful, in that moment, and it still is a powerful message because it's not just about doing the work, all this work of becoming, let's say, healthier human beings, but maintaining their health, their well-being. And so that, to me, that's where the most of the work is, really. It's that, yeah, that maintenance. So I would love for you to elaborate a little bit more on that one, but I love that chapter. Well, you, you know, and I do too, you know, and, and I actually, you know, the, the, um, this empowerment series, the Fix Yourself Empowerment series is, is going to be a, a series of between eight and 10 books, and they're all going to be written with the same design. And that chapter is going to close every book. And the reason for that is I want people to understand that life is dynamic. It, conti- it continues to change. And we, I think that the, the best message I can give people is to help them understand that we're worthy of that change and that if we continue to give ourselves the attention that that promotes growth through our lives, things be, can get very good. For, uh, you know, all, all those all those uh, little demons in our life are good. They're going to make return visits. We can count on that. Uh, and new things that are going to come in and challenge us. It, it, that's that's what living in a dynamic and, and changing world is all about. But when we get to the point that we put enough into our lives. Uh, to get ourselves strong and to find the peace and the love that we're looking for. When they return, they return to a, to a human being with confidence, with uh, faith, with, with a, a, a love that is not just, you know, a dependent love like we, we, we have in our relationships, a love that is a source of power. Uh, we're ready to deal with these things, but I just want people to know they're coming back. It doesn't matter whether you, you how far you, they're coming back. So you, you want to be ready for them. And that and the message is be ready every day and treat your life as something that you're going to focus on and you're going to uh, uh, grow every day. Be willing to do that every day. When they come back, it's just another item in your life that has to be dealt with. Yes, a billion times to this message because it is true. Life is always changing and it will, although I don't name it, demon or anything like that, but I know it's um, challenges will will appear. It's just inevitable. So I, I do love the message of keep doing the work of keeping ourselves in that space of unconditional love so we can just be open to everything that happens and let them come and go, which often that's what happens in other days. So thank you so much again, Faust, for your presence here today, for the work you do. I love your clarity. I love your wisdom. I love everything that you're doing. And not just that, but you as a human being too, being open to life and embodying that purpose of helping others, yourself and others. It's just truly beautiful. Thank you. Well, it's my pleasure. And, and, I, and I can say the same to you where, you know, we, we, you and I and many other people 
uh, we continue to do this, uh, not just for ourselves, but, uh, you know, the more people that can get the message, the, you know, the better the world is. Yeah, that's the, the deeper understanding that uh, will be wonderful to come into um, a realization for all of us that everything is, we are interconnected. Life, it's, it's just one huge tree. <laughs> There's no disconnection here. That's so right. it's seeing ourselves in others that will change everything. That might be the main goal of spirituality, isn't it? I think so. Right. I think so. Seeing God everywhere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So before we say goodbye for today, would you like to add anything that you left unsaid or read a passage in your book, in your new book? Well, you know what? If I'm leaving a message, I want people to understand that all of us, that all of us are important. It doesn't matter whether we're doing the most menial job or we're running the world. You, you were put here for a reason. You're important. Feel that about yourself. Feel as though uh, you are worthy of all the good things life can offer. But understand like that, like all the rest of us, uh, there's work to be done. And, and that's okay. Continue working. But, and this is the key, enjoy the process. If you're going to make this drudgery, if you're going to say, oh, I have so much to change and I'll never get there, then you won't. But if you're going to say, you know what? I'm a good person. I'm worthy of all this. I'm going to do the work and I'm going to enjoy my process of change. You will and you will get there. Yes. Yes, that's, I mean, how many times I'm going to say beautiful message? <laughs> I have to. <laughs> it's just really, um, it's exciting to, to hear that from, um, I mean, it's a reminder uh, for the conditioned body-mind. Thank you again, Faust. And before we say goodbye for today, again, what is the best way to learn more about you and your work? Best way to find me is on my website, www.faustregero.com. Everything about myself, the book, and everything I do is there. Media uh, interviews, everything is there, so they can certainly find out a lot about me. And again, if you want to contact me, there is a contact link, and uh, feel free to do that. I do answer back. Wonderful. And I'll have the link on your podcast profile. Thank you Wonderful. so much again, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Faust. So I'll do you and God bless. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Faust Ruggiero and his work, please visit FaustRuggiero.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>